last time on Out of the Forest. I think, uh, like, Kernunas' eyebrow lifts a little bit. Uh, was he left in the woods? No. I mean, not, not that I'm aware of. Agent Mendez talked to me when you guys weren't around. She gave me information about this. She's also the one who came and saved us when we were at the hospital being attacked by whoever that was from the cult. Franks was a, a friend, and we just rescued him, but if you trust the agency over me, I don't know quite what what to say. He's staring hard at Kernunos, and he's frowning, and there's, like, tears welling, like, in the corner of his eyes. And he just kind of, uh, like, staring intensely at Isaac, just, What did you just do? You know what's better than nothing is being truthful with the people that you're fighting with. I mean, if we're supposed to be a group, and we're supposed to be trying to save the town, and we're supposed to try to save these people, how can we do that if one of our members is not telling the rest of us that he sacrificed a body for research and he has yet to find the answer about whether or not that did any good? At this point, you're really all I have left in the world. But if we all we do is lie to each other, then we won't be able to trust one another. Yeah, and I think this well, probably includes me, but I think we need to start laying everything on the table. Just whenever we find out anything, really, at this point. Fine. I think... I think you're right. Hello? Is, is this, uh... Isaac? I, I got your number from Skid Scary Girl, Priyanka. Uh, my, my name is Charles. I'm doing some research into something that's happening in the town, and I was told you might know something. Hello and welcome to Out of the Forest, an actual play podcast about, I don't know, they haven't recorded in a while, I don't remember what this podcast is about. We're currently playing Monster of the Week by Michael Sands. I am Chris and I'm your GM slash keeper and I'm joined by my players. I'm Evan and I play Baron. I'm Dominic and I play Kernunis. I'm Jessica and I play Enif. And I'm Alistair and I play Isaac. Alright, uh, yeah there was a little bit of a break there in our recording schedule due to a variety of uh, things that cropped up, but we are back on it now. There'll be another short delay for us before we start the new mystery, but that's normal. By the time you've listened to this, I'm sure I'll have had many of interruptions in editing schedule, so I have no idea when this is going to be coming out, but I hope you're still enjoying the podcast. I'm going to go ahead and get to the opening narration now. <laughs> Proud of you. Very professional, Chris. Wonderfully done. After the call from Charles, Isaac decided to discuss with his friends, and it was made a decision to meet the next day at the diner where Canunas works. Over those 24 hours, we see Isaac considering the duck he bought at the antique shop and looking at the address of the graveyard where Iris was buried, not quite ready to put that closure in just yet. We see Enif in their magical laboratory in Baron's cabin, uh, preparing another message to be sent to Yodun to 
let her know that they're alive, to let her know about the attack on Veritate, and to hope for a response to make sure that everything would still go as planned come the ritual in a couple weeks. We see Baron amping himself up before walking into the police station and making what excuses he has to in order to finally, finally reclaim his truck from the impound. And we see him drive away uh, looking extremely proud of himself. And on the other side of town, we see Kernunos looking at a bus schedule, comparing the times, scratching his head, and getting on a bus going the absolute wrong direction. I took a midnight train going anywhere. <laughs> God damn it. Quick, quick question. Um, <laughs> does does Baron's truck still have audio issues? Oh no! I forgot oh. about that. <laughs> you know, uh, so, I, I imagine that doesn't really go away, does it? Yeah, no, in theory, no. So, for reference for the listeners, since this all happened in the uh, mysteries before the podcast, uh, Baron had an old, old truck that was just, like, basically garbage. It barely worked, and it finally uh, cut out on him, and Enif cast a a spell to fix it uh, with the problematic side effect, which ended up being that the radio can't be turned off and is always at max volume. (laughs) <laughs> so as soon as you turn the truck on, it just is blasting whatever is the station it's currently turned to. Uh, and then eventually, uh, during a plan which involved breaking into the campus after dark, uh, the truck got impounded by the police. And it's just been there since before the podcast started. Uh, Too long. Bar- Baron has taken the uh, driver... Uh, move, which grants him at least one vehicle, so we have decided that he gets his truck back. Uh, Away. After all this time. Well, it took a couple of arcs and remembering I forgot my truck. Uh, yeah, so later that night you all gather in the diner, um, per Kernus's request. Um, the, his co-workers have left them alone to their booth in the corner. Uh, there's not really anyone else here until uh, a, a nervous-looking man walks in, kind of glancing around. He's wearing sunglasses, even though the sun has long since gone down. Uh, Jesus. And he, he, he kind of, like, takes them off. You can see his hand shaking. He's, he's clearly super nervous. And he sees the four of you, and he, he gives you a look like he's trying to figure out if you're who he's looking for. It's not too late to back out. We could just pretend we don't know him. I mean, he looks kind of harmless. Can't be that bad, right? Uh, I think Baron like, sh- like shoots up his hand. It's like it's like, like waves his hand like Charles uh, over here. Uh, he nearly jumps out of the skin hearing his name, and then calms himself down and makes his way quickly <laughs> man. to your booth and uh, uh looks. Uncer- he he sits down on the side next to Baron, the one who motioned him over kindly, after uh, several seconds of consideration of what side of the booth he should sit on. He sits down and just goes, "Hello, uh, I'm Charles. I, I, I guess you knew that. I I mentioned on the phone. I, I work for a local radio station, or I I did I did work for the local radio station. I'm, I'm doing well, I guess, independent investigation now, and I." It led me to you guys, uh, so I'm not quite sure why the girl I talked to was not extremely clear, and she was very rude, so 
hello. Charles, have a seat, my friend. Relax. Okay. Um, Can I, I get you anything? Uh, coffee, water? Uh, I, I, uh, water's fine, thanks. All right, the rest of you? Tea for me, please. I'll take a coffee. Water is good for me, too. Thank you. Baron said, we're not sleeping tonight. <laughs> and away he goes. We never sleep. <laughs> is is Kirnunus on the clock when this is happening? That is your decision. Probably, right? Entirely. I think he is. <laughs> okay. He, he's on the clock because he was supposed to be in for an earlier shift, but it took him this long to get here by bus. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's hilarious. <laughs> he showed up time. fucking five hours later. <laughs> it's like, I know. I'm here for my shift. <laughs> He's got to work now to, to, he's got to earn that human money. Sorry, the vehicle I usually use is out of commission. Stares at stares at a tree, as you say in the shop. <laughs> um, Ch- Charles watches Kenneth kind of walk away and just goes, "I he he works here, I, I guess." Uh, yeah, he he uh works here part time. Okay, all right. So, I've, what what I'm I, I'm glad I, oh, what I'm about to say might startle you. So, be ready for that. But uh, I th- I think I've discovered Quick surprise, guys. I think I've discovered <laughs> evidence that there is a secretive organization that runs this entire city. Oh, buddy! <laughs> Isaac looks to his friends, looks back to Charles. Oh. <laughs> uh, oh, God. Uh, oh, oh really uh like a, a is do they have a name uh i i haven't quite been able to figure out that but well i i they, they've been sending out radio broadcasts that have been interfering with uh the, the radio station i i've been filling in at and uh so th- th- they've sent a, a lot of messages about I don't know, like reality changing. Are these physical messages or audio messages? Uh, audio messages, but they're they're very very coded. Um, one of them, uh, and he he reaches into his pocket, pulls out his phone, and starts flipping through things. Um, one of them, uh, the the the. Sorry, one second. Charles is currently flipping through his phone. <laughs> I know it's in here somewhere. It's in here somewhere. One of, one of them was talking about the reality growing. Um, I don't know what that meant. And there were a couple other ones that were equally nonsense. And then there was one that was, it was like the spectrograph or something. And it, then it was a QR code. And your QR code something really strange. Uh, but it, can it, you get a can you sorry are you saying that they said a QR code through audio yeah it's it's strange I, I once I started looking up this stuff it it uh, you can send a lot of stuff through audio apparently uh this is Jessica asking can you like legitimately yes, do 100%. that 100 I, I did okay <laughs> really I did not the, the weird That's radio me. message from the last arc was a QR code uh in a spectrograph uh audio huh uh, and it translated you know. to, uh, it says, uh, 
the prodigious renegade hunters will be at first trust. If they survive, make sure they don't escape the event. And I heard something happen at the the the, the big circus event at the first trust arena, and so, so it, it lined up. And I, I does this mean anything to you guys? That the the girl I talked to, I think Priyanka was her name, said that you guys would probably know something. Prodigious yeah. renegade hunters. Can you repeat the last part of that message again? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, he looks down his phone and goes, uh, "If if they survive, make sure they don't escape the event." Huh. Well, it's definitely curious. I mean, someone's sending these messages, but the real question is, who are they sending these messages to? They're obviously meant to go to somebody. I, th- I think it's to like field agents, and. Like, like, like they've they've got people who are working out in the city, and this is the easiest way to secretly get their messages out. How frequent have you been getting these messages? Like, when did it start? Uh, it's been the past month or so that they've been sort of interfering with Martini's broadcasts. We've we've managed to get get our uh, wavelength back a couple of times, but. Whoever it is seems dead set on using our frequency. Um, Chris, when he did he play these messages for us, or is he just reading like a transcript? He, he's just reading translations off his phone. Okay. Um, Charles, do you have um, the original audio recordings of what the code sounds like? Uh, yeah, back at at home on my computer, my laptop. I would just be really interested to see what the code sounds like. I I can. Send that to you, of course. I, but but I I need, I need something from you that can help me with my investigation. So I, I I came a, a long, well not a, that long way. He's only so big, but I I put in a lot of effort finding you you folks, and I don't even know how you're involved. It's at this point that Kuninus returns with the drinks. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. Uh, you 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 were you were missing. Uh, I found out that a, that a secretive organization is running the city. Uh, uh, I heard, my friend, that it's not a big diner. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody else in the diner is just like staring over. Just like, what the fuck? You're not being I as assume, private as you thought. I assume it's a pretty quiet, pretty quiet evening. Oh, yeah, there's, there's just some, there's some really dude anymore. in the corner eating pancakes, giving us like really uh, weird looks. <laughs> There goes them wild kids again talking about the Illuminati and crazy people taking over the world in other dimensions. Ain't that just uh, the way. Charles, you said you found us through uh, Priyanka. Is that is that what you called her? Yeah, I was I, I was tracing anyone who may have any leads on this, and uh, she keeps a pretty investigative blog and that's how i found her and she said that you guys almost certainly have something to do with this she has a blog yeah you sounded so betrayed how could you do this to me reveal my own secrets on her blog <laughs> <laughs> right about her on my blog. Blog drama. <laughs> now I'm never going to be able to publish my book. <laughs> well, no, I'm just 
I'm wondering what kind of stuff she's writing about. Well, a lot of it's just about, uh, I don't know, her time and going to college, but she she writes little bits here and there about investigating the, the secrets of this town, and to be honest, I think a lot of it's uh, pretty far-fetched, but some of the stuff aligned with what I was finding. So I, I think she's got a small amount of the truth, but I think it's mostly drowned out by a lot of... Uh, hoo-ha, if you will. Okay. Well, Charles, we'd love to help you, but I'm kind of... I'm not sure what exactly it is that you're looking for from us. I don't know. Co- confirmation that, that you, you might have seen the same thing or, or or whatever you might know about what's going on in this town? I I just... I, I was... Priyanka sounds so sure, and I, I don't know. I, I thought that you wouldn't have agreed to talk to me if if you didn't know something, or if you didn't think I was on to something. Yeah, I don't, this is totally off, like out of character, but I'm like, I don't know if we should like, <laughs> talk to this guy. Like, like he seems to have, like, we definitely, I want to I wanna listen to these audio recordings so I can figure out if this is code from the cults or code from the agency. It sounds like it's coming from the agency. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, and- it says here, like, if they survive, make sure they don't escape the event was like the agency sending us to our deaths when they sent us to the psycho circus because that's yeah, or was there like some kind like. of yeah, yeah shift in reality or something they needed us to be there f- to experience or to witness or something and see what kind of effect it had on us etc cetera, etc cetera. um i th- i think we probably should talk to him if anything to help keep him safe Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, you know, if he's already going to be hunting down information about the, uh, the agency, you know, he might find out about the cold, he might find out about the monsters, you know, maybe there's a way that we can give him enough information that he's satisfied and doesn't try poking around further in the wrong direction. That sure sounds like a charm, a charm someone role. I think, I think I have, I think I have a way to do that. Um... Okay, yeah. <laughs> I guess we're just kind of all looking at each other like, uh. Um, <laughs> and uh, Enif's going to like take a sip of their tea and say, well, we did, we, we remember, um, we attended the Psycho Circus just for fun. Um, all of us did. And we remember having to evacuate because something was happening. But there was so many people, we really didn't get a good look at it. And when we went outside, there was all of these vans with people in them with sunglasses. Do you think that has anything to do with it? Maybe. Uh, I don't know if being in a van is a sign of anything sinister, but uh, he 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 is looking very uncomfortable with the fact that like this is not going the way he planned. Mm. Um. She goes, well, I'm, I, if you guys don't know anything, maybe it, I'm, I, uh, I, I wasted both of our, our time and I'm, I'm sorry about that. Well, but- there was that one event, uh, I, Isaac is kind of looking at Enith and like, you know, trying to like give indication, like, you know, when we were at the hospital, um, visiting our friend, there was 
some weird event happening down in the lobby and they told everyone to stay in our, our rooms and a bunch of more of those people with sunglasses showed up. Um, and they asked everybody what, you know, what they saw or what happened. Um, and then when we looked out the window, they, you know, they were, there were a bunch of vans and stuff in the, in the parking lot there too. And there was nothing about it on the news, you know, that no one else, it was definitely a big deal. Like, like something had happened there, but nobody else said anything. Uh, maybe those are connected. Maybe there is, you know, some kind of network of agents. Now that you say it and like, like almost, Baron almost does like a wink, like, <laughs> like there Super was obvious. that yeah there was that that explosion at one point too and i remember i was walking by and there were also those people with sunglasses and suits and, and the vans and they were all sitting there asking people questions but they weren't like government people they were just they had no indicators of who they were i wonder if maybe these are the people that they're talking about in the in the field charles you all seem to have had a lot of running with these folks you sure we're out and about a lot i mean come to think of it i always see them places they seem to always show up whenever there's um a big disaster or a big something or other and i feel like they're always there i like now that we're talking about it i feel like i've seen them a lot Charles is looking amongst you, just not really sure how how to go about this. And then he goes, "I, that's that's interesting, but okay. I I didn't want to have to do this, but I I have a big bombshell piece of information." And pulls out I'll a gun, starts only... threatening us. <laughs> 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 Charles, Charles is fucking done. <laughs> Let him tell us his bombshell information. I've got a big bombshell piece of information, and I'll only tell it to you if you actually reveal everything you know. <laughs> You're cracking up laughing at him. No, this is just Charles. Oh, man. It's just like... Like, he sounds like he's just, like, really trying to be threatening, but is just, like, like you know, trying to hold us at knife point, but is holding the knife all wrong. And yeah, no, like, 100%. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah, he, is, right. he is in over his head, uh, but he seems pretty sure about whatever information he's got. He's what? He's He seems pretty sure about whatever information he's got. He's just totally unsure about trying to wield authority in any way. <laughs> okay. Poor little guy. Oh, man, uh... Um, can I... I'm gonna look up the details of my. Um, Just gonna telepathy. probe his mind. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna see if I can do it without him knowing. Uh, I think that's probably a no, but through the shot. I don't know. You it can just investigate says... a mystery or read a bad situation without needing to talk. Yeah. Uh, they, they they do notice that there's a weirdness of mental communication, but like not necessarily know what's happening. Yeah, I think I'll try it. Um, All right. If it goes wrong, it goes wrong. Probe his mind. Do I roll anything? You fucking different? roll bad. He ends up in a coma. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Holy shit! Poor child. Um, I mean, we have a tr- we have a track record, you know. <laughs> he came here seeking information, and he found a coma. That is an eight. Eight. Uh, you can ask one question from the investigative mystery list. 
But this is, mm, so the investigative mystery by default are okay. I guess what is being concealed here? Because yeah, it's wait, all about like creatures. Would and this stuff. would this count as a phenomenon or no? Uh, no, not really. Okay. Uh, we can do what is being concealed here. That's fine. So that's an interesting question, actually, because Charles, for all of his nervousness and like total lack of confidence um is actually trying something tricky here he's got two bits of information uh one of which he's planning on on revealing if he thinks you're still trying to hide things and the other one that he's planning on revealing if he actually feels like you fully revealed stuff um Hmm. the initial one is that magic is real (laughs) all righty uh but probing a little deeper uh you actually detect that he's discovered that the same paper trail that has led him to whoever is doing these broadcasts, uh, he has managed to connect it to the people that founded Munsdale. Hmm. Oh. Oh. Uh, and Charles looks very disoriented for a second. She goes, I, oh, what? Oh, sorry. I just got a spike of a headache. Oh no. Uh, here, have some water. Um, yeah, maybe, make sure you drink enough. Maybe uh, give us a second, Charles. Let's. Uh, we just want to chat real quick, and and we'll be we'll be right back. And kind of like looks at everybody. Kind of like, <laughs> what do we do? Go to a, the next booth over. Group bottle. Ch- Ch- Charles looks amongst you and uh, smiles a little bit, thinking that like you, you guys are starting to take him seriously. Uh, and takes his water and holding his head kind of walks to the other side of the the diner allowing you to talk privately (laughs) do a lot mate so we can't really like i mean if if we get him truly in deep he he is he's gonna be hunted down by the agency right done for this man is not gonna survive yeah i don't i don't necessarily want to give him any information that would lead him anywhere i think we i mean I think we should just roll him up in bubble wrap and hide him in a closet. I just <laughs> Charles is too pure. As nice, world. Um, it... yeah. As nice as that sounds, um, I think unfortunately he's kind of involved himself at this point. He seems to he's discovered at least two things. Um, I read his mind a little bit, and I hmm? found that uh-huh. he. Uh, has, I don't know, he has some kind of proof that magic exists, which we all know. Um, but he also, he did seem to have a, th- a train of thought, um, or some kind of thread about the founders of Munsdale and how they might be still connected to what's going on right now in the city. And I think that might be something that's important to us to know more about. I know, I definitely want to get a hold of those original broadcasts. I think the original code could actually help us if we could figure out how to decode it. Um, we could listen in on them. I mean, yeah, that's what I was thinking. If, if, if he can tell us at least what frequency they're using and we can mimic that on our part and we can just listen to them and monitor them as well. Maybe we can get a little bit of a sneak peek on what the agency is trying to do. Hey, Chris, quick question. Quick answer. <laughs> um, I don't know if I could use this roll for that but i'm gonna shoot charles with lightning <laughs> no uh no i um I, I guess this this might be read about situation i guess i want i want to kind of 
kind of read his body language and kind of like what he's kind of think about what he's told us so far and, you know, and try and see what it is that we could tell him that would get him to be like, I don't want to tell him too much. So I want to know. like, Oh, I had a super good idea. If you don't get anything good from this. Yeah. What's like the bare minimum we can tell him in order for him to like open up to us more. Uh, yeah, we could do read a bad situation for that. Cause like, I guess was like, what's my best way in? What's my best way into this conversation? Into his brain. <laughs> into his I, brain. I think this is what's the best way to protect the victims. Or that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so is rebound situation okay? Yeah, I think that's going to be the best we're going to get it for, for what you're trying to do. All right, cool. Let's figure this out. See what happens. Go. It's a nine. Hey. All right. So what's the best way to protect the victims? Um, From how nervous Charles is and how low his confidence seems to be in general... Uh, telling him just enough to get him scared feels like probably the best way to get him to cut that shit out. Guys, I think... I think we should tell him... I don't want to tell him really anything too revealing, but if we could maybe scare him a bit, just so he doesn't go looking into this stuff. Um, he already Not knows. enough to scare him off completely so he doesn't talk to us anymore, but just enough that he won't go looking for the stuff on his own. Yeah. He already knows magic exists. Um, I don't, again, know what kind of proof he has of that. But maybe, you know, in order to convince him to trust us, we show a little bit of magic. Are maybe. we talking real magic or the fake magic? <laughs> I mean, I can... like, fucking pulls out tarot cards. Pick a card, any card. <laughs> Right, magic exists. Well, now, now watch this. Now watch this drive. <laughs> now watch this drive. I'm still in awe that, like, even even Enif will, will notify that it's fake magic. <laughs> well, I mean, like Enif can, like Enif is like, like they can like actually read tarot cards and do all that kind of stuff. But all of that, all of those things are like fortune telling is more of just like. It's not magic. Yeah. <laughs> it's just more of just like reading sub- signals from the universe or whatever. So I'm like, even Enif knows that like people read it as gospel and it is not at all. So yeah, I was, I mean, if you want to try that, I was thinking like he kind of wiggles his fingers a little bit, um, you know, just something a little flashy, a little fun, but, uh, <laughs> you know, flashy, flirty, flashy, flirty. Is, is that going to? scare him or get him more interested though because that proves that he's kind of right yeah we don't want to it's a it's a line that we have to toe we can't make it too cool because then he gets excited about it and wants to be in on it it's got to be more in the slightly threatening variety oh well if i roll badly enough something goes horribly wrong Well, if I rolled bad enough, his head was just exploded and, were, and problem solved. My um, my magic isn't quite as uh, present as it used to be. <laughs> I mean, could we? What What do we think the agency would do once they, you know, if they get their hands on him? Really? Mm. Either probably him to stop searching or force him to stop searching for more information or would they erase his memories maybe this information that he has it sounds like it could be really useful and if the agency gets a hold of him and figures out that he knows this they might infer that we know it too we want him on our side 
for sure. And we don't want him mm, researching in a way that will bring attention to himself. So I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking if we, you know, say, oh yeah, we have a little bit of magic and we're in danger because of that. And if you keep looking into this more, you know, tell us what you have so we can stay safe. But if you keep looking into this more, it might put us in danger. And I'm sure he wouldn't want to do that. And we say that part more threateningly. We could, because we don't have to tell him everything, but like the fact that I owned a shop called Veritate is public knowledge. And I'm obviously sitting in front of him. You know what I mean? And so we could kind of like, you know, talk about that I read the future or whatever and then insinuate that, you know, we're thinking that they that might have led to me doing that have might have led to my shop getting blown up or something. Be super vague about it. But that's pretty fucking threatening, you know? <laughs> At this so. point, you hear Charles coughing as he drank water too fast. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. He's me. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. Man. Um, I don't know. It's up to you guys, but that that's the direction I would probably go in because that like doesn't really reveal much because again, public knowledge. And then, uh, I could do a little like <laughs> magic, you know, session there or whatever, but to prove to him that I can read the future or whatever. And then, um, but I mean, if he like having your entire like place blow up is a pretty, uh, pretty good deterrent in my opinion. <laughs> No, I, I like it. I think it makes sense. Okay. Yeah, I think that's that's probably our best bet is that, you know, this is what happens when you get into the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Be okay. cautious. But what if he only tells us about the magic thing and he doesn't want to tell us more about the founder's thing? Well, I think we can probably give him that and say, yeah, we. You, you're right. Magic is real. Bam, look at this card. I don't know. <laughs> this, well, this might... This might at least open the door so that he can, since he, if we tell him, you know, about this, that maybe he was like, oh, okay, that, you know, we know a little bit more about this than he thinks we do. And he might be more forthcoming with his information. I mean, we know he has this information. We just have to get him to open up a little bit. Okay. So, Okay. All right. Do we put our, all put our hands together and like a one, two, three break? Team. <laughs> team. Go team. Gesture to uh, <laughs> Charles will come back. Yeah. He comes on back and, and, and sits back down and just goes, so do we have some sort of deal? Um, Enif like looks at everybody and it's just kind of, okay, um, we'll, we'll let you in on some information. And uh, Enif just kind of gets, like, very serious. It's like, I can read the future. Oh. Spits out his water. <laughs> <laughs> like, all over Enif's face. <laughs> um, I, used to, I used to have a shop downtown called Veritate, where I would uh, read people's fortunes. And, well, something happened a few weeks ago. It, I think my fortune telling may have gotten uh, a little bit extra attention from 
those people in the van that we talked about. And I can't prove it, but I'm pretty sure that they were involved in the gas leak explosion that caused my shop to burn down. All right, yeah, give me a minute, manipulate someone. Okay. <laughs> As you are trying to get him to give up his information by telling a half-truth at best. At best. <laughs> hey. That is a seven. Um, he considers this, and he, 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 he looks like he wants to believe you, uh, but he goes, can you, can you prove that you can actually read the future? Prove you're not a robot. <laughs> Would you like me to read yours? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I, yeah, sure. <laughs> Ina pr- produces tarot deck out of nowhere, slaps it on the table. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, is there a question you have you want an answer to? Uh. Uh. Hmm. Uh, hmm. Mm. Mm. Uh, mm, no. Mm. He's really considering this. <laughs> will, will, will I get, have a good lunch tomorrow? Okay, give me two seconds, like, out of game to actually read this. <laughs> <laughs> you can have the future, Ed, and you want to know about lunch. Yep. He's a very He's made uh, his decision. bold man. Yeah. Mm. Uh, okay, yeah. So Enif kind of like does their little like shuffling thing, and uh, they pull out like uh, the four of swords, and they're like, "Well, the cards say that your lunch tomorrow will be very restful, and give you a lot of peace and quiet in order to have some reflection." Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay can't really i guess i won't be able to know if that's true until tomorrow actually happens but you seem pretty confident about it so all right i'll give you what i know uh first first things first i i well i guess my first bit won't do because like you can tell the future so you obviously know magic is real but uh i think that whoever's been sending these messages this this organization that is is in, in the shadows and whatnot I, I I found a paper trail that might mean that they're also the people who founded Munsdale in general. The people who founded Munsdale? Yeah, I, I don't know if like this whole town's like an experiment that they've been putting on or serving some secret like Area fifty one purpose or whatever, but I, I I'm pretty sure the the, the documents that I found show that Whoever is moving around and doing these secretive things also, like, created the city. That's interesting. Monsdale, how old is the city? Uh, According to to the, the paperwork I found, not especially. It's maybe 200 years old at most. Do you do you have these documents with you? Uh, no, again, I, I I pulled them off the internet. They're on my laptop at home. Is there a name for whoever founded the town that you found? Uh, no, I mean, yeah, but it, it seems like some sort of shell operation. Nothing that really helps at all. 
there's I think there was a name maybe one second let me and he takes out his foot again uh, here we go uh, Anderson looks to be a one that crops up a lot <laughs> figures just stare at each other just like oh. hmm. <laughs> we actually founded this town yeah it's us it's our, it's our. <laughs> we ruined everything we ruined the timeline what a twist that would be. <laughs> Three <laughs> mysteries later, you go back in time to found the town. <laughs> oh We're actually That's the ones wild. causing I, all this trouble in the first place. So Chris, I wouldn't put it past you. The only the only reason it's in the middle of a forest is because Kernunos was in charge of picking where it is. <laughs> <laughs> Baron, does, Baron does the monsters and figures those out. It was us the whole time. We were the bad guys. The e- Enith starts the cult. <laughs> Well, damn. Oh god, did we just guys? Hold on, we may have just. We did it. I think we just figured it out because there's. Chris, the whole you have thing to tell us. Yeah. You legally have to tell us if we solved the problem. Are you a cop? <laughs> you have to tell us. I don't think that I'm going to be employing any kind of time travel in our story. I'm sorry to have misled you so terribly. Dang it. That would have been so, fun. We were so, we were so close. close. <laughs> Um, okay, I'm I'm trying to see if we can convince this man to hand over these documents and these recordings that he has. Um, I, I think Baron kind of chimes in, it's like, um, okay, well, like, Charles, this, this is what we're really concerned with, is, like, like Enif was talking about, at times we've gotten a little too involved, and that has put us in a very bad situation. Um, one that usually ends up risking our lives. We don't want that to happen to you. His, his eyes widen at the mention of uh, close to losing his lives. Like that was not something he even considered being in the wrong possibility. Oh, poor little son. Barry <laughs> <laughs> um, continues just like Edith was talking about Yes, they're able to, you know, look into the future. Um, but even just that little bit of kind of touching things that really, apparently, we shouldn't. Um, basically, I mean, it's already cost them their lives. Um, I, you, you are on the right track for some of the things, but we're really afraid. Really, that's what we wanted to talk about earlier is we're really afraid that you might you know might get in too much trouble for this um and we can't you know we can't be there to help get you out of maybe some of these situations and i'll be honest charles um i mean i would i would give anything to not have gotten involved at all and have my shop still here i mean it's just it's just really dangerous and i think I mean, even having some of this information at all could be dangerous. Uh, all right, uh, Baron, give me a manipulate someone. Uh, Enif can help out if need be. Remember that you can use your weird. Weird. Because you're good, good pheromones. <laughs> God. Weird. It's a 13. <laughs> Holy Damn, shit. those pheromones yeah. are... <laughs> Charles does seem to put under something of a spell just hearing Baron's uh, concern and goes, 
Yeah, you, you're probably right. I'm. I, I guess I didn't consider that. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, dealing with the secretive, shadowy organization being dangerous. I just didn't think it through. I guess I was just so hopped up on finally doing something that matters. Uh, this poor man. Okay, I'll. I, I can. I can send you what I've found so far, and you, you guys, you'll take care of it, right? Sounds like you're pretty involved, even though you, you, you're you've been a bit cagey about it. Charles, you wouldn't have come to us if you didn't think that we were capable in some way, right? Yeah. Yeah. And there we go. Okay. Uh, if you just want to give me an email address, I, I can send what I've got. I'll. We I'll all look at over. Isaac, the only one who has any technology. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I like to think that Baron has an email address, but yeah, Isaac's probably the better. <laughs> <laughs> Ian, if definitely doesn't. Barely has a phone. Photokid27 at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, and shortly after Charles gets going, um, probably a day or so later, Isaac, you get an email, uh, it's got some of the documents that do seem to link, uh, a number of organizations under the name Anderson to, uh, both a, a radio broadcast station somewhere downtown and to literally, like, the deeds to found what would become Munsdale. Uh, as well as several audio files and their translations. Um, Enif, uh, around the same time, you receive a message back uh, from Yildun expressing her excitement to that you're still alive and hoping that with enough people leaving the cult, uh, there will be less risk of people being targeted because there's it's it's it just it will hopefully split the power of the cult enough um does she divulge any uh information like uh whether or not the cult thinks that enif is dead or any of the like did she did she know anything about like how they're creating these child bombs or anything like that uh, no, I don't think she says anything about that. Uh, she does make it very clear that, like, everyone in the cult assumed that that, the quote-unquote, the heretic, uh, Enif Fafnir has been, has been, uh, killed. Alright, uh, and yeah, so, uh, you get that information, and Isaac, as you look through, uh, these translations, you see the one he mentioned about, uh, stopping the renegade hunters from escaping the event. You see one talking about accelerating the plan, and you see that one especially mysterious one from a couple months ago at this point that simply states, Our reality grows.